enough, or you thirsty for more? Obviously, you're thirsty for more, you filthy animals. <laughs> I'm Barrett Crow, and you are listening to the Curious Crow Podcast. So for those of you who listened to episode one, uh, you know you, you know yourself that it was a huge, huge success. So for the hundreds of thousands of those of you who didn't listen to that episode, I decided that it was even better to make an episode two that was still Christmas-related. Because I sat there thinking to myself, self, Christmas songs kind of suck. And Christmas music is really not so great. And I know that's a horrible thing to say because so many of you listen to those stations after stations after stations with Christmas music. You know, my uh, (coughs) significant other uh, specifically loves to listen to Christmas music starting back. I I think it starts in... I got to ask her. I think it starts in March where they play 24-7 Christmas. But anyway, since I am forced to be in the car during those times or, you know, subject to being tied down and not in a good way, I, I listen to all these Christmas songs again and again. And some of them I, I'm like, are you kidding me? Meow? Seriously? And I feel bad about it because some of the old songs just have some bizarre lyrics, and then some of the new songs, or newer, I shall say, they put zero effort into the lyrics. So we are going to explore now the top 20 songs that Barrett Crow thinks are effed up to some level or another. And by the way, these are in no particular order. Actually, they're kind of in a little bit of an order because I kind of did them chronologically. I mean, not exactly. Because at the end, I, there's some that I really hate the most and want to highlight. But they kind of go in oldest to newest. So here, Barrett Crow's thoughts on some really weird Christmas songs. Well, we got to start with the song that started it all for me that annoyed me to no end, which was The Little Drummer Boy. So you start out with, I mean, you sit there and it's just like, Lazy songwriting right out the beginning because half the song is I mean, anytime you're going to do that in a song, you know that you've got some issues. This kind of reminds me of George Harrison's song, Got My Mind Set on You, which was a huge hit. And I actually like that song, but he says, Got My Mind Set on You like 800,000 times in that song. And in fact, Weird Al has a great parody of that song. You should check onto it called This Song is Just Six Words Long. Think about it. Got my mind set on you. This song's just six words long. So look into it. It's amazing. But I digress. Back to the little drummer boy. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, I, I you know, I, I get the idea. You got a cute kid. He's going to do something nice for baby Jesus. He's playing the drum. Sure. I mean, I get that. But all of you out there that are parents and especially parents of a newborn, Being a parent of a newborn kind of sucks. Yeah, it's joyous, but it's not easy. Certainly stressful. And uh, for those of you moms out there that just had a child, certainly you are like, man, I'm glad this child is no longer within my body, right? So now imagine that you were carrying this child around, uh, riding on a donkey for God knows how many miles across crazy terrain. You get to the point to where you are in labor and you can't even be in a hotel room. 
you're in a barn. You're in a barn with donkeys and chickens and horses and who knows what. I'm sure there's some goats. Uh, there's got to be a crow there because crows rule and crows are everywhere. But I mean, all kinds of just rando animals. And so you are like in the most sterile condition you could possibly be to have your kid laying in a bale of hay. You're like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, there you go. You like that? So then kid comes out. <gasps> Thank goodness that's over. Of course, like any newborn, it's going to be crying. The mother is like exhausted, completely beyond belief. The kid's crying. I'm sure the husband is just like, man, I've been walking. I didn't get to ride the donkey. So they just want to crash. And what's the one thing that you don't want at that point? A kid to show up and start pounding on a drum. I mean, we're not talking about a violin. We're not talking about a saxophone. We're not talking about a piano. We're talking about... Because, you know, drums are famous for soothing children and uh, calming people down of all ages. No, drums are famous for inciting wars and riots and causing violence, right? So you're exhausted, your husband's exhausted, the baby's crying, and someone shows up and just starts pounding away on a drum. So that has always annoyed me for like the worst Christmas carol ever because it is so unrealistic. And then baby Jesus smiled at me. pa rum pa pum pum Yeah. I'm going to have to call baloney on that one. Moving on. So we go to something else that is uh, going to kind of burst your bubbles. And you might be like, well, geez, Barrett, thanks for crowing all over that one. But Jingle Bells, everyone's favorite Christmas song, Jingle Bells. Except it doesn't say one thing about Christmas. Yeah. Think about that for a second. Jingle Bells is not a Christmas song. There's not one reference in all of Jingle Bells about Christmas. It's a song about just hanging out in snow. And if you want to go even darker than that, which you know I love to do, you know, have you ever heard the other verse of Jingle Bells? I mean, Jingle Bells has several verses. We're only used to the first, you know, few verses. But here, here's my favorite Jingle Bells verse, okay? You ready? The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. Okay, so now we have a horse who is like on the verge of death. He's being starved. He's obviously not being cared for by his owner. Misfortune seems his lot. means he's probably sick or ill or has been abused. So we're off to a great start. And then the verse continues. We got into a drifted bank, and then we got upsought. Which means, for whatever reason, I mean, they're going to try to blame the malnourished horse, but, you know, the horse is only as good as the person driving it. So the people with the jingle bells were probably a little bit hammered on the, uh, you know, wassail, <laughs> which is wassailing together. That's a different reference for a different podcasts. Look it up. But they were probably a little bit sauced and they crashed the sleigh into a snowbank and flipped the sleigh over. So there you go. Jingle Bells, not only about Christmas, but it's about people who may have got a little too jingly and crashed the sleigh into a snowbank flipped it over. Who knows what happened to that poor horse? And not only that, they were so lazy, they said upsot instead of upset. And I did the research over that. Normally, a, a sleigh, if you're going to wreck it or something, it's going to be upturned. It's going to be upset. It's not going to be upsot. And the research I did said, yeah, that word was used like two times only in history forever. So that was a person being lazy to make it rhyme. It was not a real word. So Jingle Bells, not about Christmas. Hammered people crashing sleighs and putting zero effort into the rhyme scheme. Not a fan. And even though 
We're breaking the timeline a little bit. Let me tell you how much I hate Jingle Bell Rock. Think about how stupid that is. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. It's Jingle Bell time. It's a swell time to rock the night away. Okay, yeah, I mean, really? Again, effort into lyrics. And and what the heck is Jingle Bell Square? We're rocking around Jingle Bell Square. There's a place now that's Jingle Bell Square? Apparently there is. But anyway, really not a fan of Jingle Bell Rock. And anyone that is, then you obviously have some issues. Moving on, the 12 Days of Christmas. This is my personal favorite. Because everyone loves to sing the song, and they go through and they make cartoons about the song, and everything. Oh, the 12th day of Christmas, true love gave to me. Da, 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 da. But, you know, if you do the math on this, you talk about someone who's really crappy at giving gifts, right? So let me tell you what this gift giver gave his true love for the 12 days of Christmas. Add it up. He gave his true love 49 people. People. Now, I'm not sure exactly what year this was written, but in my day, we can't give people to other people as a gift. But this dude sent 49 people to his true love. And you go, well, that's not... But let me tell you what's worse. He gave his true love 23 birds. One bird, maybe. Two birds. Kind of a pain in the butt I have to care for him. 23 varieties of birds. And you go, no, 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 no. Think about it. A partridge, that's a bird. In case you didn't know, it's not someone who like sings in a band in the 60s, in case you were confused. It's a bird, right? And then go through the turtle doves, the French hens, all of that stuff. You add them all up. Birds, 23 birds. The only thing the true love got out of this that was worth a lick was six golden rings, which I am okay with that. I mean, is it really? Actually... Now that I think about it, it's five golden rings. So there you go. But I'm okay with the five golden rings of everything else. But the rest of it, yeah, not so much. And then if you really want to dig deep in the people, just think about this for a second. Got, uh, you know, eight maids a milking. I, I, I can't afford to employ eight milk maids. Although maybe, I mean, I don't know about the time. Maybe. Now, if they, they were, if they, it came with the cows, right? It came with the cows. Those cows were producing lots of milk you know, that might be worth it because I can sell the milk and stuff, but I have to be able to sell the milk for enough money to employ the milkmaids. So that's important. But so that one's a marginal, maybe. I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with, uh, you know, the lords a-leaping, right? But 10 lords a-leaping, I, I, I don't even know where to begin with that. Uh, 10 lords a-leaping. Pretty much any comment I'm going to make on that is going to get me banned from podcast websites. So I would just leave that be, but I'm going to say that's probably not an economically viable situation nor a gift I would want. Pretty much out of all the people that were gifted to me, the only thing I would have a shot to care about would be the nine ladies dancing. And those nine ladies dancing would need to be dancing in a way that I would find interesting. Okay, so moving on to number five. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. This is another heartwarming song that we've all heard a thousand times. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. No matter who sings it, it's always got that really deep voice. The the hold it. You, you just imagine someone sitting there next to a fire holding a pipe in their hand, right? But here's the thing with it. It's a dark song, man. If you think about it and listen to it, it's a pretty dark song. And the funny thing is, it's even darker than you know. 
because it was rewritten because it was too dark. In the original version of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, it had the lyric that was as such. It may be your last. Next year, we may all be living in the past. So can you imagine that? It may be your last. Next year, we all may be living in the past. And do you like that? I just made up a brand new tune as I do with the song. But isn't... That's what I'm going to get sued. But... Think about that. It may be your last because next year we all may be living in the past. Boy, that's uplifting as hell. I mean, I just, that's, it's amazing, right? And so they had to tone it down. So it was actually rewritten to say, you know, through the years, we'll, we all will be together if the fates allow. So if God and or the angels or demons or devils or Olympic Greek gods, I mean, the fates, that could be anything. If the fates allow, we'll all be together. But if not, you'll be dead next Christmas, or I'll be dead. And it might not be so merry, but whatevs, so is life. So once again, what the hell for a classic Christmas song. Super depressing. And I and I, I know that you're singing all of these along with you, or with me, <laughs> not with you. Well, actually with both of us, I guess. But you're singing it all along in your head. So that's why I don't have to play clips of the songs. Because if I did, I would get sued and this podcast would be over instantly. But maybe one day, if you all like, subscribe, you know, share and comment, then I can get some money and that money will allow me to get subscription revenue to stations where I can buy licenses and play the music. But for now, you get nothing because you give nothing and you deserve nothing. But it doesn't matter. You know all these songs. You can hum along in your brain. So we're fine. All right, let's move on to number six. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Everyone knows that song too, right? Well, the reason I have to include this song is because it's my it's the Christmas song that takes normal words and it turns every word into a verb. So in this song, you can be jingle belling, right? So that's a verb I never heard of before, but... By God, I want to try it. I'm going to be jingle-belling tomorrow. And not only that, I'm going to be mistletoeing. So after I get my jingle, my fill of jingle-belling, I'm going to go mistletoeing, baby. So look out. The also thing I love about this is that I found the one word that is better than happy. So instead of happy, you can be hap-happy. So, you know, it's the hap-happiest time of the year. So instead of happy, I want to be hap-happy. And then also in that same sentence, I would really be curious as to the tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. So what happened in Christmases in the past that were so glorious that they have their own glorious tales that people sit around and regale each other of the glories of the Christmases long, long ago? Don't know what those are, but I would definitely would like to be a part of listening in on that. Moving on. To number seven. Number seven is a, a song that came out in 1963. Roy Orbison released it. The name of it is Pretty Paper. And there's really nothing wrong with this song. It's just, uh, it's always played at Christmas time as a Christmas song, but it is super sad and depressing. It's depressing because it's kind of a social commentary. And uh, for those of you who don't know the song, please do look it up and listen to it. Again, Pretty Paper by Roy Orbison. And kind of the gist of the song is about a guy who, uh, you know, he sees a homeless man on the street 
and uh, pretty much blows the homeless man off and ignores him and uh, pretends he doesn't see him and everything. And it's 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 very touching song. Right. So check it out. It's definitely not a feel good Christmas song, but it is beautiful. And the reason I included it here, just for lack of more fun things, is because, fun fact, it was written by Willie Nelson. So Willie Nelson took this song to Monument Records, and he didn't think it was a good enough song for him to record it himself. So Monument Records goes, well, how about we have Roy Orbison record it? Willie Nelson's like, that's cool. And Roy Orbison recorded it and made a huge hit from it. And then Willie Nelson went on to actually record it and release it later. Pretty Paper, Roy Orbison, 1963 number eight this one messes with my brain for a long time i've thought this for years and years and years and this is probably one of the two or three songs that made me decide to make this podcast because it bugs me so much i saw mommy kissing santa claus i mean we all know this song you know i saw mommy kissing santa claus oh daddy would have thought it was so funny if he only saw mommy kissing santa claus so the initial thought you have is Please explain to me why you have raised a child in a household to where adultery right in front of the child is not only acceptable, it's, it's, it's humorous. So this kid has no issues, no problem whatsoever with not only mommy making out with someone that's not daddy, but mommy making out with a legendary mythical figure. Did I say figure or figure? Well, whatever I said, I don't care. But I mean, it's just it's bad enough. It's bad enough that the kid is fine. With mom kissing a guy that's not dad and goes, ha ha, dad would think it's funny. He he he. Well, does he say dad thinks it's funny with the UPS man and the mailman and, you know, the, the you know, my name's Peter and I'm here to read the meter, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, let's hope not. But that's what takes it to the next darker level. He's super fine with like getting it on with a mythical figure. Mommy kissing the Easter Bunny is funny. Mommy hooking up with Jack Frost is funny. Mommy getting it on with the Tooth Fairy, no problems. So once you think about it in that way, man, that is a pretty sad, dysfunctional family there. Really don't know what else to say other than that. But every time I hear that song, that's what I think of, and that's why I have issues. Let's take a look at Baby It's Cold Outside. Now, I'm not going to talk about this one long because there is so much talked about this on the internet and all over every other podcast and everything. And people go, oh man, this is a song about date rape. No, it is not. It is not a song about date rape. And that makes me so mad. Oh, geez, what's in this drink? He, he, he. No, no, no. See, I mean, you have to put everything, when you look at any topic, any song, anything historical, and I'm a historian, and I'm a cultural archivist and cultural expert, self-proclaimed, you have to look at everything in context of the era, right? And let me tell you something, boys and girls, no matter who you think you are, whether you're a feminist or you're a hardcore masculine rights advocate, if that there is such a thing, or no matter what you are, no matter what aisle you're on, every sex, every gender, no matter what you identify as, has to work on obtaining a mate, has to work on obtaining a partner, has to work on going on dates, has to work on wooing. Peacocks woo their mates. Other animals woo. Crows... <laughs> You like that, crows? They woo. I mean, that is nature, okay? And, you know, if you're a girl, the, the guy goes, it's cold outside. And she's like, 
all right, cool. Let's just, let's go to the bedroom. That's, that's, I mean, that's a girl you want as a guy. Well, okay. Well, that was a stupid question, but I mean, as a girl, that's the girl you want to be. Well, probably not. No. So why it has been twisted and turned into this is a date rape scenario. No, it's not. It was meant to be innocent because at that time you had to work and work and work to get a, a, you know, and I'm not saying to get a lady into the bedroom, but I'm saying that, you know, wooing was a very complicated process because modesty was a hundredfold what it is today and virtue, quote unquote, perceived or otherwise was a hundredfold what it is today. And so that image was way more important and instead of now, which is the I don't give a you know what generation. So anywho, that's not what it is. Stop taking something out of context and demonizing it when it's not true, because there's so many things we can look at in today's lens that is not fair for the past lens and it looks bad. So this is not a song about date rape and it's not a song about roofing someone. It's an innocent song about a guy who likes a girl and he wants some action. And anyone who denies that that exact same thing does not go on 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you have a problem. Okay, well, we're like almost halfway. Santa baby. Yeah, what a great one to back up with baby it's cold outside because we're right in the same the same ballpark here, right? So I'll be brief on this one because it's so similar. This is basically recorded as a, a very sexy song by Eartha Kitt way back in the day, and she sang it all sexy like she's a gold digger, and you know, people now go, Oh, she's propositioning sexual favors to Santa in exchange for presents. Well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much what it is, but I mean, of course, the beauty of it is she's not saying it. That's all in your filthy, filthy mind, you filthy animal. You know, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the idea is I'm going to kind of seduce Santa into giving me gifts or whatever. But again, it's fun. It's flirty. It's playful. Back during that time, Gold Diggers was a huge thing. It was played for all the time. Look at all those movies. Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, How to Marry a Millionaire. All those movies go on and on and on. The whole Marilyn Monroe thing. Gold diggers were a big cultural phenomenon. Well, that's the wrong word. They were a cultural icon during the time. You don't want to say phenomenon because I mean you don't want to glorify them, but they definitely existed. There were plenty of them. And so that song was playing up on the, the image of the time. So it doesn't mean Santa is going to, you know, give in and this chick's going to bang her way to the greatest Christmas of all time. That's not what it means. It's a fun, flirty little thing, making fun of gold diggers. And there you go. Although I will tell you, if you want to argue with me, you will have a ground to stand on if you listen to the Pussycat Dolls version of Santa Baby. Because the Pussycat Dolls remade this song. And it's like, I don't know, it sounds like 10 strippers singing it. It's all super, super breathy. And all the subtle innuendos are gone. It's pretty much just puts it straight out there. So if you want to argue with me that this song is about propositioning Santa to exchange favors for presents, I will say you are wrong. And then if you play the Pussycat Dolls version, I have nothing to argue with you about. 
Number 11. Now, this is going to be one of the very few times, since I know you're going to listen to this podcast forever, and ever, ever, and ever, ever, then you are going to know that I actually am a huge fan of the Beatles. Again, being somebody who loves culture and pop culture and all things music, the Beatles have a huge influence on the music and culture of the entire world, and I am a big Beatles fan. However, Beatles Christmas songs suck. To the highest level, you can possibly suck. Which is, I mean, it makes sense because Christmas music, the biggest schlock crap music there is, so it would make sense that some of the greatest musicians of all time cannot lower themselves to produce this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, music. I'm, again, there could be kids listening. I'm trying to, to be kind here, even though I did talk about stripper poles and whatnot earlier. But the... Uh, <laughs> I mean, the Beatles just could not make a Christmas song to save their lives, especially not John Lennon, right? But, um, bum. Anywho, so number 11 is John Lennon, and he had a song called Happy Christmas, parentheses, and you gotta love when they do the parentheses or the subtitles, because it just is irritating as hell. War is over. And you go, I've never heard of that song. No, you've heard of the song a billion times, because it's the one that goes, and so this is Christmas, and what have you done? Yeah. All right. So that's my problem right out the gate. Judgmental. Lennon's always been super judgmental, super condescending in his music anyway. Love the Beatles. Lennon, you know, he judges everybody. So the opening line is, so this is Christmas, and what have you done? Like, instead of being uplifting and happy and things are great, it's Christmas and you suck. <laughs> that's how the song starts. It's Christmas and you're a failure. Good job, buddy. Right? So I'm just like, oh my gosh. Every time I hear that, it just makes me furious. And knowing the fact that Yoko is singing in the background, that, that just does it for me too, right? The other thing too is, so this is, song was is a war protest song, which you probably don't realize, but it is. It's a protest song against the Vietnam War. And then now that you know that, listen in the background deeply and see so if you can hear him going, war is over in the war and all this stuff too now that you know that because you probably never listened to the background before but tune into it next time you hear that and you'll go oh man barrett was right yet again but it's just again lazy writing on this song a very merry christmas and a happy new year let's hope it's a good one without any fear well when i think of christmas and i think of happy new year i don't think of fear so i don't want a christmas song that goes let's have a good year without fear this year so no not liking it, not a fan, pass. The only thing worse than that song, as far well, as far as Beatles Christmas songs, would have to be number 12, which is by Paul McCartney. And, and you know, I got to tell you about this first. So I'm a pretty firm believer that the original, real Paul McCartney died back in the 60s. So, you know, the whole Paul is dead, Paul is dead, and the walrus and, and all that stuff. I mean, you research all that, it's pretty It's pretty logical. It's pretty, makes sense. There's tons of clues. I mean, I, I'll put a podcast on, on it one day, but Paul is dead, right? And Billy Shears, William Campbell, took over. I mean, Sergeant Peppers goes, here he is, Billy Shears. I mean, they pretty much told you straight out, right? And uh, he took over and, and wrote all this amazing stuff. And if you think about it, it makes sense because Paul went, I love you, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it went into weirdo cray-cray stuff right after that about Norwegian wood. Which, by the way, is a song he wrote about a girl wouldn't put out and he burned her house down. And you go, <laughs> yeah, you've lost it. Look it up. Anyway, so this song, A Wonderful Christmas Time, 
makes me doubt every single thing I've thought of about the Paul is Dead theory because I'm like, Billy Shears was great and wrote some great stuff. William Campbell, who's the same person as Billy Shears. I mean, he wrote some amazing psychedelic music. He would never have written this garbage. Maybe this is the real, actual Paul McCartney from the 60s. But the song itself is total trash. You've heard it a hundred times. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. I don't even know where to begin on this one. It's first of all, it's played on like a keyboard that was in the clearance section of Walgreens as you're walking by. And like the batteries run down on it and thousands of kids have played on it. It's half the keys are missing, but you hit it and it goes like, and that's like all I can put out, right? That's what it sounds like. I mean, literally it's horrible. It's worse than like the, the Casio keyboard I used to screw around with at service merchandise when I was in like fourth grade that was on a demo. And the, and the lyric writing is horrible. I mean, you go, and then one whole verse is just going ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. It's, oh, do the math on this song. Half the lyrics of the song are the mood is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Literally, that's repeated again and again and again. Paul... Let's hope that's Paul and not William Campbell, who I love dearly. Okay, moving on to 13. Now we're getting into some more modern stuff. Some of these are going to be a lot quicker just because I want to point them out. I don't want to dwell on them. And just so you know, I have purposefully excluded the very obvious, horrible ones that are put out there to be parodies. If they're obvious jokes or parodies or, or something just meant to rile people up, I'm not going to give them the credit for that. You know, stuff like Band Aid. <laughs> you like the name Band-Aid, but no, they wrote a, they, they had a song that was Bono was behind about how the whole world's at, at war and Christmas sucks. They don't even know what Christmas is. I mean, that's so bad. It'd be number one on everyone's list that I've ignored that. I mean, in sync Christmas songs, negative. New kids Christmas songs, no. We're not listening to the Star Wars Christmas album. We're not even going to dive into that at all. No, no, that's it, 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 it's too easy. Those things are too easy. And by the way, did you know Tiny Tim released a song saying Santa's not coming around this year because he has AIDS? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not touching that one, <laughs> one way or another, uh, because it's 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 too easy. But yeah, that's that did happen. And <sighs> wow. Anyway, I'm only going into ones that were released as legitimate songs. And so this one is released by Bob Denver. You know, country roads take me home. And thank God I'm a country boy. I mean, good old fashioned Bob Denver associated with the, with the Muppets. Everyone loved Bob Denver. He's like as white bread as you can get, right? And he had a song that uh, called Please Daddy, Don't Get Drunk This Christmas. And you go, oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, but listen to it. And it's, it's really not so funny. Um, you know, it's kind of sad. I mean, you can see that that was written from a place that he had been where he talked about daddy would come home at you know midnight or 1 a.m. and fall underneath the tree and kind of pass out. And most of you have never heard this song. Or actually, to be fair, to be fair, most of you have heard this song, but you heard Alan Jackson sing it. And Alan Jackson's version is far more upbeat and he's got that big, sexy voice. So for him, it's like funny. You're like, ha, 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 daddy's always drunk. That's cool. Yeah, that's funny. Because he's like, please, daddy, don't get drunk. There's a Christmas. And then it's like, yeah. But when Bob Denver sings it a little slower and the voice is not all sexified, you're like, yeah, there's kind of some pain here. 
And then when you realize that Bob Denver had a long history with alcoholism himself and you want to research his life story, which I suggest you don't because it's quite tragic, then this one is like, yeah, uh, not so bueno, not so good. Oh, and by the way, for those of you who haven't figured this out, I'm not talking about Gilligan. Okay, let's move on because that was a real uplifting great one. Number 14, and I said we're really going to talk about parody songs, but I have to point this one out because this has always annoyed me. Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. And this is by the world-famous group of Elmo and Patsy. Of course, they released other amazing songs such as Stairway to Heaven, Imagine, and of course, Bohemian Rhapsody. But Elmo and Patsy with the classic Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, the thing that always annoyed me was, of course, no one really cared that Grandma was dead. And not only was Grandma dead, she was murdered by Santa Claus. Uh, and no one had any problem with that whatsoever. But the lyric was, you know, Grandpa's just fine. He's in there like watching football. He's drinking beer and he's playing cards with his cousin. And there's been various uh, versions of his cousin Nell, cousin Mel. I don't know if he's going to hook up with his cousin or not. I don't know. But the fact that Grandpa did not even care that grandma was dead, had no problem with that, was always something that stood out as quite bizarre in that song for me. So grandma got run over by a reindeer. Yeah. Number 15, Last Christmas. And this would be Wham, I suppose, at that point. Uh, that was before George Michael went solo. And this is just a tiny one, but again, an annoying song. You hear it millions and millions of times. But the thing that always bugged me about this this song is that he complains, and you've heard males and females remake this song dozens of times, so it can go either way on, on, on the thought process. But he's like, you know, last Christmas, I gave you my heart. The very next day, you gave it away. So it's like, so you put a lot of good effort into the choice on the person you gave your heart to since they basically dumped you or cheated on you the next day. And that fact is reaffirmed by this year to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. So keep in mind that last Christmas, you gave your heart to some random whore. You put zero effort into it. You're going to put some effort into it and give your heart to someone special instead of some rando that is going to disappoint you. Number 16, Christmas Shoes. This is by a group called New Song. Uh, this song is heartbreaking and uh, heart-wrenching and vomit-inducing all at the same time because of the cheese factor. But who wants to write a Christmas song about a poor, disheveled kid waiting in line to buy shoes? And when another guy sees him and asks him what's up with the shoes, he says, Mommy's dying, and I want her to have some new shoes so she'll look good when she meets Jesus. I'm not going to repeat that, but literally that's what the song's about. Way to go. Christmas cheer for that one. Moving on. Jill Sobule, number 17. She's a great songwriter. I love her to death. You should look into her if you haven't. Jill Sobule. She sang the song I Kissed a Girl, but the actual original I Kissed a Girl, not the Katy Perry uh, version. The one about uh, from the 90s that like, was one of the big things, the whole Lilith Fair tour, which that music was amazing. Paula Cole, Alanis Morissette, PJ Harvey, Bjork. Look into that Lilith Fair era and those singers I just named. If you want to hear some really good, angry, feminist music, which, by the way, is interesting because we've come full circle now. Those girls were all girl power, fight for the rights to be a strong woman. And the Spice Girls like kind of capped off the whole girl power movement. 
And now we've gone back to whiny, cryy female singers who are miserable and everything sucks and all the men screw them over and they hate their life. Uh, so I do miss the late 90s, early 2000s girl power era of women's music. But again, that was a sidetrack. Jill Sobule, still kicking it these days, going on strong. She had a, a very uplifting song called Christmas is the Saddest Day of the Year. <laughs> that's that's the title. Uh, not going to give you the details on it. You can listen to it because it's like, so, you know, people, different people get different things from it. But it, it purposefully, uh, you know, it, it wasn't made to elicit a response like so many of these parody songs or the, or the songs like Tiny Tim made or whatever. It was it's an actual great normal song. But different people look at it different ways. But check that one out. Jill Sobule, Christmas is the saddest day of the year. Number 18. I mean, we're, we're almost there. It's the Cheeky Girls. And the song is called Have a Cheeky Christmas. Now, I was unfamiliar with the Cheeky Girls. So I started doing some research for this podcast. Because I already had a good number of these uh, in my brain from years and years of hate, anger, and, and vile uh, vitriol. But uh, I needed a couple more, so I ran across the Cheeky Girls and Have a Cheeky Christmas. It's really hard to hate them. They are twin sisters from Romania. They're 40 years old now. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so old. But to me, they're, they're really not that old. But they look amazing. They're twins. I mean, they, yeah, at 40, they still look incredible. But as you can imagine, if their names are the Cheeky Girls and they're Romania and they are twins, you, there's there's a lot of skin showing in their video of Have a Cheeky Christmas. And if you question, you know, the legitimacy of their music talent, you could check out some of their other tunes, such as Touch My Bum or Take Your Shoes Off. All of those are videos available on YouTube. And if you are of the heterosexual male persuasion, I highly encourage you to watch these videos as the, the uh, music is amazing from the cheeky girls. Number 19, Titus Andronicus. And for the three people out there listening to this that know Titus Andronicus, good for you. For the rest of you, that's actually a name of a Shakespeare play. But Titus Andronicus, and this is pretty recent. This is like one of the newest ones on the list here. They did a, a song they called Drummer Boy, but it was not It was kind of takes, takes the concept of the pa-rum-pa-bum-bum, right? But it's set to Piano Man by Billy Joel. And you're not going to believe this. I was literally in an Uber in New Hampshire. Yeah, of all places, New Hampshire. And it was snowing outside in an Uber. And I don't know what the hell radio station the guy had it on. But this song is playing. And I'm like, there's no way that's right. And it, it was a version of Piano Man, but sung with a heavy metal tones and accent and, you know, just the right amount of growling, but about the little drummer boy. And it included... Such great lines as, It's nine o'clock on a Christmas Eve. There's not any room at the end. And there stands a young lady who's having a baby, though she claims to be a virgin. So, you gotta appreciate the slant rhyme, right? And it doesn't get any better from there as far as the writing goes, but very odd concept. Give these guys credit. Titus Andronicus, Drummer Boy. Look it up. It's pretty interesting. And if you dig these guys, they are literally launching a tour on February 28th of 2023. So if you like them, you know, go check them out. I haven't heard any of their songs other than that one, but it was enough to where I overheard it 
at a low volume in an Uber. And I'm like, what the actual hell is that? And it turned out to be something amazing. And so here we are at the end of the list, number 20. And I, I really, I just, I don't even know what to say about this one, but number 20 is a, a very well-known singer who's sold a lot of records and well, she's probably sold zero records, but she's sold a lot of songs. Um, and that won a lot of awards, Lady Gaga. And you're like, well, I didn't know Lady Gaga made a Christmas song. Well, yeah, she did, actually. And her song is called Christmas Tree. So when you hear a song called Christmas Tree, you're all like, oh, that's so sweet. That's cool, Christmas Tree. Well, not so much. So the lyrics that she repeats quite a bit for the song Christmas Tree is, light me up and put me on top. And you're like, oh, okay, well, that's 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 not that bad, you know. I like you know a tree topper, right? And you keep going, and then you get the lyrics: "The only place you want to be is underneath my Christmas tree. Light me up and put me on top." And then, in case you have any doubt, she refers to her Christmas tree as delicious quite a few times before she says, "Put me on top." And yeah, and you know, just in case you're not clear, she talks about taking her stockings off and all of this. And again, I mean, as much as I would like to be on a podcast where I can say dirty, horrible, filthy things that I dream of saying, I cannot do that because I'm a good man and I don't want to get thrown off of Apple. And yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. But <sighs> I have to say it because I know that some of you are about as thick as a pine wood box or you're about as what's the old bag what's the old uh expressions you're about as uh dumb as a box of hammers uh i mean there, there's like a million of them uh, no the sharp as a sharp as a what but my favorite of all time was foghorn leghorn that goes oh that boy makes about as much sense as a nickel i love that one make think about it that boy makes about as much sense as a nickel right you get it so for those of you who make about as much sense as a nickel lady gaga wrote an entire song comparing her vagina to a christmas tray and with that i will leave you with this podcast on weird amazing interesting christmas songs please like share follow subscribe you got to subscribe to this thing that way you automatically get notified when the next ones come out and then share it and forward it to your friends i mean i do this on my own dime spend my own time doing it just as a service to you guys so please show that you care comment below and uh make this thing successful and we'll keep going we'll get some celebrities interviewed in here we'll bring you more useless information if there's something you want to know there's a question you have that is interesting to you or you want me to research, email me. Email me at therealbarrettcrow at gmail.com. That's therealbarrettcrow at gmail.com. And you tell me what you want to know about and the curious crow will investigate that for you. So I wish you all again a happy, happy holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Festivus. That's a throwback to the last episode in case you didn't pay attention. All of those things. And your thought of the day is I I can't top the fact that someone compared their vagina to a Christmas tree. So that's kind of the thought of the day. But I am Barrett Crow. God bless you, everyone.